If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Your next game is going to be confusing as all hell. And here's why. In this episode, we're finding some answers to why is the Umber Hulk so goddamn terrifying? What? Did you need to pronounce that verbatim? I made a spelling error. I thought it was emphasis. Goud. Goud. Gowa. Damn. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. <laughs> how do we make an encounter or even a campaign around an Umber Hulk? And how can we benefit from the hard work of 700,000 people? That's a bit of a teaser. Yeah. Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm his brother, Jordan. So when's your state of highest confusion in your regular life? Highest confusion? Uh, immediately upon waking me up, like when you have those crease lines on your uh. face and you've been sleeping <laughs> so deeply, and then you wake up and somebody starts talking at you and you're like, Fuck off. 20 minutes. I'm not going to be functionally braining for another 20 minutes. <laughs> and that happens to you because you like to fall asleep in strange places around the house. Yes. I think mine is uh, when I've eaten a whole bag of chips and a half a loaf of bread just because I can't stop. And ah. then my brain is just so gone. Well, and this is this is the whole reason for your fasting before we ever sit down to actually record the show <laughs> is... You're trying to selectively avoid the sugar brains, yeah. as you've called it. Well, another way that we can be struck by confusion is finding ourselves in the presence of an Umber Hulk. So, obviously, today, we're talking about Umber Hulks. And, I don't know, there's nothing really special about them. They're just kind of big bugs. They're like, I don't know, big fighting a big beetle, right? What the shit are you talking about? Umber Hulks are cool. <laughs> yes, they are cool. I don't, I don't know. When was the last time we used an Umber Hulk in recent memory? They're just kind of big bugs, right? They're like a beetle, like a giant cockroach. Well, sure, if you just want to use a giant beetle, but Umber Hulks have so much to them. They're just golden encrusted crustacean pincher things. Like, they're basically just a big fat stat block and a whole bunch of hit points to whittle down, right? You're really good at this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They are actually very intelligent, powerful hunters. Well, and I think a lot of people have used Umber Hulks incorrectly, including myself. Like, I don't know how many times I actually skipped past Umber Hulk in previous monster manuals just because, like, eh, meh. They, they seem too simple? Yeah, they seem kind of simple. They're really not. And I guess as a level set... In case you're unfamiliar with Umber Hulks, let's jog your memory. So they are a monster that's about eight feet tall. It's got a powerful build like an ape, and it's got a shell like a beetle, and it's got some terrifying confusion abilities, as well as the ability to just slash and mandible the crap out of you. <laughs> I'm going to mandible the crap out of you. That's well, the basics. And like you were saying, they're incredibly smart. They're... They've got a nine intelligence, 
And on the D&D scale and stats, like 10 is average human. And so I think we have uncles that are less intelligent <laughs> than oh, shit. the Umber Hulk. Shots fired. <laughs> and people, a nine intelligence, that's a dump stat. Yeah, a the, dump stat of nine. <laughs> this thing has some beefy base stats. It's working with a 20 strength. Godlike strength. Yeah. 16 constitution. It's hefty. That's a hefty boy. It can take a lot of hits. And a 13 dexterity. So it's not even like a big lumbering beast. Like it's still pretty agile. Yeah, for sure. And what really messed me up is when you look at its attacks, it can do two claw attacks and one mandible attack in a round. That's an average of 32 damage. So if that cleric is anywhere near, your party is screwed. <laughs> and it's smart yeah. enough to go for the cleric. Yeah, and it's smart enough to run when it's in trouble. It's got tremor sense with all the hairs on its body, so it just lies in wait, listens to the whispers of your footsteps. <laughs> Jesus. And then confusion. If you've never been confused before, confusion is a horrible, horrible state to be left in. Got two sets of eyes. One of them it uses to see. The other one it opens up and confuses anyone that can see them and it makes people either run randomly stay perfectly still in place frozen or attack the closest creature so like a deer in headlights on a highway you are screwed if you look in the direction of an umber hulk which, again, is eerily similar to what you do when woken up from a deep slumber. Also true. One of those three things. I won't deny it. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, we're into the Umber Hulk, and we're going to dive in much deeper, taking inspiration from the natural world in Archives of the Ancients. This is the Archives of the Ancients, where knowledge is unearthed to add wild insights to our world. All right, so I think when you approach any monster, the best thing to do first is figure out what you're going to use for inspiration. Yeah, and like again, the natural world is a horrifying place. There is so much to draw from. So another key feature of the Umber Hulk is its ability to tunnel. And so for this one, we thought we'd use the mole to inspire us. Clearly, because the mole is a terrifying creature. It's a uh, nightmare fuel, right? Well, sure. At surface level, you just see a, a soft little buddy that tunnels through the earth and is sometimes a pest. But let me tell you a thing or two. First of all, fun fact, group of moles is called a labor. A labor of moles. Yeah, just digging away. <laughs> okay, now we get into the terror. Their saliva has a toxin that paralyzes their prey, earthworms. Didn't see that coming, did you? So... Kind of similar to the um Umber Hulk, you've got this like paralysis ability. Yeah. And when they have their prey paralyzed, they construct larders, these big containment chambers for their prey. Wait, what? So that they can feed on them later and feed their young. No. Yeah. No. Sorry. And don't quote me on this. Don't quote me on anything I've ever said. <laughs> because we only deal with <laughs> non-true facts. Yeah. But I think I read half-assed internet research. <laughs> yeah, really half-assed. It's only for inspiring fantasy, so, you know. But I think I read that 
sometimes they find the worms like tied up. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that they can't squirm away as easy. Tied up with what? Are T- they constructing themselves. tiny rope? A, a worm is oh. a a worm is a rope. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! They're just like human centipeded together. Well, no, not made into a rope. You're misunderstanding. Well, I mean, they're tied. It's just you yeah. take one worm yeah. and you tie a knot so that the worm can't squirm away. God, that's diabolical. Yeah, don't worry. They're not doing. What if they're tied together though? <laughs> I just don't think the moles have gotten that advanced yet maybe soon if they're tying them together in one knot there's it stands to reason they can tie two together so you're saying that you want to see some moles with a big lasso made of worms above the (laughs) (laughs) they've figured it out they've got ropes down there's nothing stopping them yeah so they collect oh i'm horrified by this body pit of worms yeah like all of the worms know that they're food in this chamber well, okay, but you get my meaning. It's <laughs> kind of horror. Hopefully they don't. I really hope the worms don't know. <laughs> I hope it's nice for them. So the largest larder had over 1,200 worms in it. Jesus Christ. That's four and a half pounds for those worm weighers out there. <laughs> if you've got a hobby. <laughs> That's horrifying. 1,200 worms in, in a single, what, I, I guess these... Larders are probably like buried chambers. Yeah, just packing them in, just getting ready for the next 10 years. I don't know. Good God. And the moles packed down the sides real hard so that the worms can't escape. That was actually my next question because like, yeah, what's to stop worms from just doing what worms do? But so you're saying that the moles actually pack the chamber so that it's inescapable. Yep. Worm prison. No, not not worm prison, because prison oh, implies they're not no. about to be eaten. Yeah. That's horrifying. You got me. So, God, imagine an umber hulk capturing... No, I won't. Yeah, that that's literally nightmare fuel. Like, I, I can just imagine a whole bunch of people, because they can actually tunnel through solid rock, too. Yes. Which means, and they have an intelligence of nine, which means they could very easily just chisel... A huge inescapable pit. Yeah. We're talking Buffalo Bill style here. Yep. That's disgusting. They can shape that rock however they want. No. Yikes. All right. So there's so many types of moles, but this one stood out. The star-nosed mole. First of all, because it's creepy looking. Because its (laughs) nose is covered in these 11 weird little skin tentacles. Gross. make it extremely good at identifying prey. Yeah. So good that Nature Magazine identified it as the fastest eating mammal. Because to identify and consume its food items, they timed it somehow. To identify and consume takes 120 milliseconds. That's faster than I can think. So it's just (laughs) snapping them up. It's like that fast. (laughs) No, it's faster than that. It's like a tenth of a second. You probably wouldn't even be able to see it. No. Probably not. Jesus, can you imagine, yeah, like a, a number Hulk that went, well, I mean, they're they're fast-ish. Yeah. I like the flavor of them at least shooting behind another rock. Well, and they don't have to physically change locations fast, but they can react fast. Yeah, you could describe them as being kind of twitchy and... Yeah, totally. And these star-nosed moles also are this quick because they go for smaller bugs. Ugh. So I could even see that. What if you're walking around and all of a sudden you see this 
large beetle and it just disappears because an umber hook got it from below. Good God, <laughs> it's, like, no. it's just as terrifying as knowing that you're walking through landmines. Yeah, pretty much. So there's a lot of methods to get rid of moles, but one of the more creative humane methods is by half burying bottles in the dirt. So the wind hits the top and vibrates the ground, driving them away. Hmm. It's just like an annoyance. Yeah. Their tremor sense is used ah, to hunt. So very it, cool. everything's just vibrating randomly. Yeah. So that kind of made me think that, you know, umber hulks are smart enough to make traps. So what kind of creative things could the Umbra Hulk do or even the party do in retaliation? Like maybe that's the final moment where you figure out if you can interrupt their Ooh. tremor sense, maybe you can win the day. If you're a player, pay attention, take note, jot that down <laughs> in your adventurer's handbook. But what if one of the Umber Hulk's traps was simply to cause a large enough vibration so that they could come see what's in their tunnels? Yeah. Like what if there's just super simple but a stick holding up a rock. And he's like, what is this for? Yeah. Seems odd. Why would it be there? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there's just an area with precious metals and they leave a pickaxe there because if an intelligent creature comes along, these intelligent creatures seem to like precious metals. So if they start picking. Oh, man. Like that's the kind of trap that you would leave. You leave cheese out for a <laughs> rodent. Yeah. You like gold out for a... Gold out for a greedy dwarf. Yeah. And you are going to get a nice dwarf snack. <laughs> oh, man, that's dark. All right. That's the juicy stuff about moles. <laughs> Never thought you'd say that sentence, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I have a weird podcast now. You ready for some stuff about confusion? Yeah, hit me with something equally as terrifying. All right. Well, this one's worse. Oh, no. This one's going to torment me. The emerald cockroach wasp. Those are two words that I don't want put together. Cockroach wasp? Yeah. Now, it's not because it's like a cockroach. It's because of what they do to the cockroach. Okay, so we should rename the Umber Hulk the player character Umber Hulk. <laughs> the, the player eater. character Hulk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a metallic green appearance, kind of giving them that kind of bug shimmer. Yeah, I think that's good to describe of an umber hulk is they have that kind of orangey red carapace yeah and describing a bit of a shimmer especially if adventurers are holding up a torch or something like that yeah being able to like describe this weird kind of telltale shimmer yeah that could be a cool little hint to drop and they have a sting these wasps of course yep what they do with it is they find a cockroach they sting the cockroach precisely to temporarily paralyze its front legs with venom. Ugh. Nasty so far. I don't like where this is going. They sting it again in the brain. Oh, yeah. My weak spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most creatures can't take a lot of stings to the brain. <laughs> this second sting eliminates its natural escape response. So uh. Then it's just kind of hanging out. Oh, I hate this so much. You ready for more? Yep. Then it hops on its back and it leads it by the antenna, like Ratatouille, back to its den. Oh my God. How can the, how could, this got so much worse. Yeah. Who knew wasps were as intelligent as an Umber Hulk? Oh, that's gross. That sucks. That's upsetting. Like, that's almost insult to injury. The getting on its back and just like, yeah. come on, idiot. <laughs> 
it definitely uses them like two joysticks. <laughs> Just both forward, full full steam ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's not over yet because then it gets back to its den. And this cockroach is permanently unable to run away. That natural escape response is gone forever. Oh, no. So then the wasp lays its eggs alien style. Why do wasps do this? They all just do something horrible by laying eggs inside you. Yeah, wasps, I'm pretty sure, are the most terrible creature from everything I've learned. Then the cockroach just hangs around while the alien babies consume it from the inside out. Oh, that's so upsetting. Uh, I knew you were going there. And yeah. It, just, it got infinitely worse once you did. I don't like it. <laughs> we don't really know how Umber Hulks procreate. I don't want to know. I wonder if adventurers will find out after we've discussed this. <laughs> what future adventurer has to discover the egg chamber of an Umber Hulk? Oh, would it I've... be like larvae like beetles have? Uh, I don't know. Because like... Again, they can tunnel, they can dig. So I would imagine like an Umber Hulk might capture and paralyze because it can do that with its confusion. There's like a 50% chance that it's going to just stun you. Yeah. What if it could continue to do that or incapacitate you? Like you said, by paralyzing part of its legs. Like if an Umber Hulk with its powerful mandibles took out legs of an adventurer, now all of a sudden you're not going anywhere. Then they take you to the egg chamber. Then they bury you half in the ground so that... Like a bottle. Yeah. And then they <laughs> lay their eggs at the top of the chamber. And when the larvae hatch, when the umber hulk larvae hatch, down they come to just start munching on your brain first. I don't like that. No. Good luck, no, adventure. you did this. Yeah. You did this. This is all my fault. All right. Let's move on then. Let's get away from these things. What's next? Okay, next is the mandibles, which is less disturbing. Got the trap jaw ants. These ants have some uber powerful spring-loaded mandibles that they use to trap and crush their prey. Gnarly. And spring-loaded. Like, how do you mean? Like, they're just, they're that fast? The muscles are kind of just designed to be like a spring. And they open up to 180 degrees, and then they just close at 144 kilometers an hour <laughs> okay so that's awesome but i can't get over like when a when an ant is how big how do you measure that in <laughs> kilometers per hour <laughs> there's a guy with a stopwatch yeah he's just like whoa that was fast <laughs> whoa that <laughs> was like that was probably like 144 kilometers an hour <laughs> that's probably how science works and one of the interesting things that i wish could apply to the umber hulk somehow but can't just a super interesting fact they can launch themselves backwards up to 20 times their body length to get away from their predators. Using the the jaws. Using these trap jaws. They just hit the ground and launch themselves tumbling backwards through the air. I mean, who's to say uh, you can't throw that little flavor on a <laughs> on a Umber Hulk movement? That would be a wild thing to see. Just this ape-sized creature snapping the ground and going tumbling through the air well why not yeah they got the big like curved back so i wonder if they could even like snap and then roll backwards using that momentum okay sure like to do a bit of a dodge or something like that mm -hmm. like a disengage or maybe they do that off of armor Ooh, there you go hmm all right there's something there there's something there all right you got your brain full of inspiration 
let's go on to how we can lead up to a really cool Umbra Hulk encounter using some of this stuff as like inspiration. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we have established that Umber Hulks are not just a hunk of stat block and HP to just mess up with some swords. Right. If we're going to use them right, we want to build up. Clearly, with this thing's stats, this thing should be like Predator. Yeah. Like, it, this whole encounter should feel like the movie Predator, where this thing is stalking you. And as we learned in our series of episodes called The Bones of Horror 1 through 3, in which we talked about Ashlaw's PDF called The Trajectory of Fear, you can build up tension really well by following a few simple steps. If we're following those rules, then we always want to start with setting a normal kind of baseline. And so we have to kind of describe the territory or the area that an Umber Hulk would live in. So to me, this screams like abandoned mine. Totally. That's where it would go for humanoid prey. Well, you've got all of these, yeah, these these person-made tunnels. Obviously, that's where they might come. They might congregate near there or maybe like a quarry because all of their benefits rely on kind of tunneling so anywhere that they can tunnel and they can get around really easy but their prey can't yeah this is like the start of a great adventure where the the town says hey uh, a whole bunch of our people like went missing and there's no sign of anybody anywhere and i think you can get pretty wild with where an umber hook could be but this is like good core Umber Hulk territory. So I think it's good to start with this. Well, obviously you've got the Underdark, you've got lots of different areas like that. But exactly. yeah, just establishing what normal is. So yeah, if we are going to do an abandoned mine, then we need to set that tone of like, yeah, this was an active mine. There was people going here, there, and everywhere. We were, the whole town was profiting off of this wonderful mine yeah this was a bountiful place and a happy place children played around the entrance of the mine <laughs> uh being babysat by somebody that's mine hired cooks. by the mine yeah yeah and then of course something weird is going on so the party might be hired by the town yeah so then we need to get into unease okay so unease being something's a little off yeah can't be too obvious so your party's been hired you're heading towards these mines. I mean, you might get some information from the town just that the, the miners haven't come back mm. or they don't want to go back or, you know, something that makes it so you got to go check things out. I want to throw a little bit of mystery in there about like maybe why. So I'd throw maybe a few red herrings towards the party in terms of like rumors. Oh, so-and-so has had it out for that mine this whole time. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's probably a person. They like hired all of the miners away to a competing mine or something like that. Yeah. And then you'd want to throw just one true red herring fact in there, maybe in the form of like the town weirdo that is telling stories of two eyes in the darkness or something like that. And we'd have to make the other ones more credible than that one. Yeah. To just throw the players off a little bit. I survived down there. I saw something weird. Yeah, and his claims are just like so outlandish yeah. that there's no way he can be believed. Oh, especially if we foreshadow something like the larder. So Yikes. we're like, yeah, the town nut job is saying like, oh my God, I was buried up to my up to my eyes. 
up to your eyes. It's hard to get right there. And then I clawed my way out after I heard the screams. Once the party enters the mine, then what? So then we start dropping those light details. So they're looking around. Things seem pretty normal, abandoned for some reason. But maybe they find some drag marks that lead directly into the walls. Like the the Umber Hulk put the wall back. Well, if it's kind of like loose dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Then you could just see like, yeah, finger marks on the floor just leading towards the wall. And it's like, wait, what? But normally an an Umber Hulk was supposed to leave a tunnel. But being intelligent, they could fill those tunnels in and make them look pretty normal. Well, to be clear, with the Umber Hulk, they can tunnel through solid rock and they leave a five foot opening in their wake. However, that's solid rock. They can just like tunnel just like a mole can as effortlessly as a mole can through just like loose dirt. True. I'm wondering what the makeup of a mine is going to be. Probably mostly rock, some dirt. You got me there. (laughs) I think it might be cool if we were kind of talking about finding mining tools stuck into their last working positions. Somebody got snatched from there. Yeah. And or it's a trap that will draw the Umber Hulks. That'd be good. Yeah. Leaving some stuff that kind of like clatters to the ground as players are exploring this mine. Yeah. Could be a really good way of setting it up so that it's like, oh, well, you guys called this. Like you summoned the Umber Hulk by making so much noise topside. Things are just like precariously balanced. Yeah. (laughs) So then we have to move on to Dread. Right. This amps it up a little bit. This is like, something is definitely wrong. (laughs) We don't know where the wrong is quite yet or how soon it's going to... We haven't seen the monster. Yeah. So what about, I'm just thinking of those pincers and how quickly they might close. What if they came across an area of the tunnel that has perfectly matching sprays of blood that run parallel to the ground so it's just like why would there be blood on one side of the tunnel and the other side of the tunnel that perfectly match yeah like worst case of being halved i ever did see that's kind of what i'm thinking like somebody got snipped in two somebody with no you know adventuring armor that was just trying to mine away (laughs) you could have a lot of interesting sprays of blood like that you could have like a missing digit a loose finger or something that had a spray of blood next to it yeah oh or like four. That's yeah, infinitely yeah, yeah. worse. Like when you just find all four <laughs> fingers and you're like, uh-oh. That's no good. After showing my party some of this stuff, and again, we get, like in order to build some real tension when we're trying to do horror, we're hopping back and forth between dread and unease and dread and unease and a little bit of terror and then back and forth. So if we're going to build this up, once the players have seen some pretty dreadful things... I might introduce them to one area of the chamber of the mine that is completely untouched. It looks serene and peaceful. Now they've gotten used to all the horror. It's just like, why is this area so untouched? Hmm. Like that would give me a sense of serious dread. It's just like, uh oh, I'm in danger. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's happened here yet. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Okay. So then. Scaling it back to unease again, maybe just some mad scrawlings in a notebook of these eyes. Ooh. Again and again. Yeah. Maybe that belonged to our townsperson. Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe there's still some valuable metal in the mine that was almost taken out. Yeah, that would be the the like, oh, there's still value here. Like, what happened? Yeah. What about some half-buried bodies? Like, I'm imagining walking into an area of the tunnels or like a chamber that has two or three people that were kind of half-taken, but they were like pulled into the ground. Yikes. And just kind of left there to die. Like they would come back for them later. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Just to avoid having to fight them. Yeah. They were just left. Yeah. Mm, rough. And maybe they were unappealing later and they were just kind of left. And so those bodies have already kind of started yeah. to rot or something like that. Ugh, and if gross. you, you could play around with that too, because if like you just saw a hand protruding, it's like somebody was trying to claw out. Yeah. When they got sucked down quite far because why couldn't an umbra hulk suck you down into the dirt and just leave you there absolutely if an umbra hulk is attacking a party what a great way to incapacitate some of the party members is if you know with that five feet you're sitting just underneath the surface of the dirt waiting to feel those vibrations the umbra hulk emerges grabs well first stuns confuses with the confusion yeah. yeah and now that character can then be grappled and then moved directly downward into the ground with about 10 to 15 feet still left to spare which means your your character is buried alive now that that does rob a lot of agency from the players so i'd probably come up with some kind of like mechanic where you can try and climb your way back out if you don't have any like interesting abilities as a character to get you out. Well, keep in mind, you do have the rest of the party. Yeah, but it can help like, I don't know, clear dirt or. For sure. I just don't like the idea as a player of sitting in the dirt for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the party is about to die. Yeah. Maybe you're the safest down there. You ever think of that? <laughs> Without being able to breathe? Yeah. Who needs find breathing? a way. All right, so let's ramp it up to terror, which is the stage just before the reveal of the monster. So things are starting to happen in rapid succession. It's close. You don't have much time. You what are you going to do? the sound of the, the cave being like dirt being shuffled around the cave. Yeah. You're hearing rumblings in the walls. I was thinking this could be a part of that. Holes begin to appear in the ground. They all lead downward. They're just popping up. And they lead to this larder full of miners. Some of them are still there. The sound of pained miners is carrying up through these holes that are popping up. Oh, hell no. And they're doing this strategically because if that confusion effect makes you run in a random direction, you could fall into one of these holes. Oh, no. I think that starts ramping up the terror for me. Oh, yeah. Especially if the party members can see into the larder from one of the tunnels that they're currently in. That's oh, horrifying. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move right on to horror. Like, how do you reveal the monster? Well, I'm thinking it'd be really cool to run this with two Umber Hulks. You're diabolical. You're an asshole, actually. <laughs> Jesus. Sure. You're going to run multiples. Well, like, I don't want to throw too many Umber Hulks at a party, but I think two is interesting because then it just takes away from the whole party on one monster kind of effect yeah it adds way more options to the fight yeah and i definitely want to describe like you've got party members with torches 
they've got 30-ish feet of visibility, and off in the distance, they do see two floating yellow orbs. Yeah. And just describing those second kind of armored eyelids opening is absolutely terrifying. And they've kind of been described as like compound eyes too, like a like a bee's eyes. Okay. Yeah, just, just describing that in the darkness. I think kind of that cat eyes in the headlights effect too would be pretty cool. Yeah, where you have to move in just the right way. And then as soon as it, the light source that you're holding reflects back at you. It's just bright. Yeah, it's like neon. Yeah. Well, and that's the moment before I ask them to roll initiative. <laughs> For sure. Being strategic creatures, I imagine it a lot like we actually saw our old dogs. Oh, yeah. Deal with predators that came into their area. And they were naturally predicated to being really good pack animals. So we used to have these two great Pyrenees dogs, Zeus and Hera, brother and sister, and they didn't need even to communicate because when a cougar came near the fence to probably prey on the goats that we had in that pasture, those two dogs, one would go straight towards the cougar, barking and making as much noise as it could. And the other one would go all the way in the darkness along the edge of the fence and the edge of the pasture to surprise attack a goddamn cougar. <laughs> in case it got too close. So, so imagine that. That's terrifying. So you see these two eyes in the distance. And it's screaming straight at you. Yeah, it's just making tons of racket. What the hell do we do? Do we start shooting? It's only sticking its head out of the rock wall because why wouldn't it stay mostly in cover? And the second one is going for the squishy caster that's at the rear of the party. Well, sure, squishy caster, but it's also waiting for anyone to get confused. True, yeah. If anyone stops making movement on that surface, it's going to spring up from below and attempt some of those maneuvers we were talking about. Oh, no. Oh, that's the worst. Well, I'm done. Like, I'm spent. I'm <laughs> horror-filled. I am I yeah. can't take any more. Yeah, that got pretty dark. And of course, once it gets into full fight mode, that'll involve the tactics covered by Keith Amon in his blog, The Monsters Know What They're Doing, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. This is exactly where Keith's blog takes over, is all of those brilliant tactics. So definitely go check them out. All right. Well... I think that does it for the horror stuff. Let's try and get into the lighter side of things with a Grandma Bee's Schoolhouse. Folks come here to Grandma Bee's Schoolhouse to gain knowledge and apply the history of their realm. All right, so you threw this one at me. This is Grandma Bee's Schoolhouse. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Surprise! We're talking about the Shin Tomb Terracotta Warriors and Horses. And I feel like this one is, I mean, a lot of us have heard about the supposed eighth wonder of the world, the Terracotta Warriors of China. I've heard it said. <laughs> I've heard the word Terracotta and Tomb and China. I'm poorly educated due to my own lack of attention. <laughs> I don't remember. Says the guy that just educated me about <laughs> horrifying bugs. All right. The backstory to all of this is pretty freaking cool. So back in 
246 to 206 BCE, there was an emperor. Sure. There was a lot of them back around that time period, I think. <laughs> it just The world was just loaded full of emperors. <laughs> they were all over the place. No, but this one ascended to emperorhood when he was 13, Emperor Qin. And when he ascended, he immediately started planning his death army. At 13? <laughs> right? That's some heavy shit. That's forward thinking. When I was 13, I was confused as shit about everything. <laughs> Certainly wasn't uh, ruling one of the largest populations on Earth. Yeah, definitely not. I was figuring out that wearing one pair of pants day after day was a bad thing in our society. That's what I was doing at 13. <laughs> well, Emperor Chin was planning to build, uh, well, so far, 8,000 soldiers, 130 chariots, and 670 horses that have been uncovered so far. This army is nuts. It's huge. And each one is unique. So build. Build. Why, why do you build an army? And terracotta is the material? Terracotta is the material. Oh, okay. So they're they're basically clay soldiers. And they were basically built in kind of an assembly line fashion out of small pods of workers. One pod would build the face. And they actually, like they figured out that the face came from 10 different molds. And then each one was made to be unique with unique facial hair or something else like that. Wow. And he even built chariots for them? Yeah, had chariots built. And the intention here was that this was going to be his army in the afterlife or the army that was going to protect his tomb. I don't know. The, okay, there's, okay. there's a little bit of confusion as to what was going on there. The exact thought process. Which is interesting because the army thus far has done its job. Its purpose has been fulfilled because his tomb still has not been excavated. Oh. It is still to this day hermetically sealed. They did such a good job sealing this thing off. And why hasn't it still been uncovered? Uh, I have no idea because I thought usually humanity is so curious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we rob every tomb imaginable? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's interesting is that when they've uncovered certain groups of the soldiers themselves. The soldiers were painted. Okay. 2,200 years ago, these soldiers were being painted with some of the most advanced painting techniques of the time. What's interesting is that then they were finished with lacquer. Well, as soon as the lacquer meets the air, these things are so old that the lacquer covering the paint will curl in 15 seconds when exposed to the regular air of the surrounding land. And all of the paint can flake off in less than four minutes. They go from painted statues to just plain clay terracotta. Weird. Crazy, right? So they like snap some pics right when they find them or what? <laughs> God, I hope so. Yeah. Well, they started excavating this whole thing uh, back in 19, in the 70s, basically. And the crazy thing is that they're not done yet. Because right now, all of these warriors sit in an area that's like a little bit bigger than like a soccer field. Okay. And you can go and you can see them today in China. They're where they were? Yeah, basically they, they excavated out these trenches hmm. and then built a structure over top of them to protect them. Keep more paint from coming up? <laughs> basically. And so you can go in and you can see them. So these couple of areas that they've excavated, 
about the size of a soccer field, awesome. But using some of the sonar capabilities of like looking beneath the earth, they've discovered that this burial grounds is 98 square kilometers or, you know, just under 40 square miles inside. Most of it hasn't... a burial site. Yeah. What? Yeah. Good Lord. So how long did it take to build all of these soldiers? Well, I made a clay bowl once and it took about a week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your unskilled sausage fingers trying to mash its way through a bowl. Well... Chinese emperors apparently were the original job creators because they kept 700,000 people busy for 40 years working full time. So that's a full on career. That's your lifetime of making heads, clay heads. Yeah. Yeah. Clay arms. You better believe you're good at the end of that. But seriously, like that's that's a 40 year career Back when people's lifespans, I can't imagine, were much longer than that. That's true. You worked your entire life for an emperor to build all of these soldiers. You just, you you were the mustache guy. I wonder if they named them just internally. (laughs) This is Charlie. (laughs) Which one's your favorite? Well, yeah, they're still unearthing these things. So So I guess that emperor created jobs in our time too. Because it sounds like it's going to be another 40 years. <laughs> it's going to be at least 40 years digging them all up. Jeez. So how do you think we can apply these? Like, I've got some ideas. I'm wondering, like, what if we threw an evil bent to this whole thing? What if they they looked like they were terracotta, but they were actually real people? Sure. Like, what if some kind of evil emperor had a staff of medusas or gorgons and people like the party is going to investigate missing people in an area and they're trying to build their afterlife army? That's pretty rough. That's bad news for the world. Well, like, even as is, like that's a pretty wild fantasy location. Well, because a lot of the a lot of the actual structure is underneath this huge mound. Like, they built it, and then they buried it, almost. I'm not mm. really sure if that part's true, but it's <laughs> it's just this weird, like, it doesn't look like it was excavated into. So, yeah, it's just this big mound in, an, in the middle of a field. It's mm. pretty wild. I mean, I want to throw a, a child emperor into some game now, because that's always a lot of fun. It reminds me of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom with that, like, boy emperor. Yeah. And just... That kind of weird, you know, players always go like, are you sure you want to be doing this? This seems like a lot of responsibility for a 13-year-old. Yeah, having a child leader is a good way to just introduce poor decisions from that leader. Or poor decisions from your party. (laughs) (laughs) The the characters are going to get locked up for just about anything they say. Somebody's going (laughs) to chirp this child emperor for sure. And then put him in the terracotta army. (laughs) Well... Another thing that came to mind when I was looking at this is an opportunity to introduce a bit of that realism and I don't know this this feels borderline too evil but I mean we do dungeon crawls all the time you go in to a tomb that has been sealed by some dragon statue and secret magics for a millennia what happens when the players are promised a tomb full of the most glorious weapons. Oh. And then they open this hermetically sealed chamber and you you get to describe that like, 
Yeah. And then just the release and all of this rushing air into the chamber. And then they get in there and they get a solid three to four minutes to observe all of these priceless paintings and swords. And then the swords immediately just start rusting. Why do you punish them like this? What did they do? (laughs) Parties piss me off all the time. (laughs) No, but I mean, I think you could still like that's too much treasure for a party. Gotcha. But you could still have like a few things, like a few gems or jewels, still enough to make a very, but like a vast fortune. Yeah, that's a good way to reveal a reasonable treasure hoard. Yeah. (laughs) Dial it back a bit. Yeah. When you did the random roll for the treasure hoard. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, I can't give that much to the party. (laughs) They're going to go nuts. Pretty solid. That's a good alternative kind of punishment for a party too making them a part of that 40 year workforce like you got to figure your way to that instead of just being thrown in a cell oh yeah you can throw them in and then advance time like 10 years yeah you've been making (laughs) mustaches for 10 years describe everyone you've now got a few gray hairs and you're you've got arthritis in your hands from mustache forming yeah so this, this is all about punishing our characters, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> In some way, shape, or form. I also thought it was an interesting idea to just talk about the narrative for some kind of dungeon crawls. Because I noticed that like a lot of dungeon crawls have kind of flimsy rationale as to why you're there. But what about a huge excavation? The town leader always sends you in to a dangerous dungeon, just the five of you, to recover the scroll. But like... You're employing like 150 other people in your town. Why couldn't you go and excavate with more people? Well, that second tomb, that special tomb, that requires high-paid adventurers to go in and not disturb too much. I can't send the random worker that I had excavate the rest of this dungeon. So like sending the characters into a half-excavated dungeon to open the final seal, and go the rest of the way in. Now I can introduce a dungeon crawl that doesn't feel really contrived and just like, oh, you have to go in alone for some weird reason, despite (laughs) the fact that I employ a lot of skilled people. Yeah, that's fair. It's always good to bring some of that into a game. One last thought on that as all of the warriors is like a location. I think that if you had some kind of a shapeshifter fight, Oh, hell no. I already know where you're going with this. Yeah, that could be cool, right? Yeah. If they're hiding amongst the rank and file of clay warriors. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you are walking into a chamber with 500 warriors that are all standing stock still in a line. Yeah. Like you are feeling so uncomfortable because you know one of them shits are coming alive. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally totally. Like, I'm just on edge the entire time. That's when you cast Thunder Wave and see how many blow up. It's almost better to not have them come alive because that's the expectation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just be so on edge yeah. as long as you're in that room. I don't even like seeing a statue. I yeah, start, exactly. That's I start Thunder Waving every statue in the courtyard. Any statue. <laughs> is coming alive. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we have done just about enough damage to these parties for today. Hopefully you have some way to torment a future group that you run a game for. And if you're a player, I hope you know if you encounter a number hulk, 
You just go the other way. It's not worth it, man. <laughs> Unless he's got some sweet rings. All right. Well, thank you very much to Tabletop Audio for the sound effects that you heard in this episode. You can follow us and tell us how you use Umber Hulks at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, or Reddit. And thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. And, and the next time you see a be afraid. <laughs>